Welcome to the Feminine Principle Podcast, supporting women to let go of the ghosts from their past by exploring the hidden side of their female psyche with shamanic shadow work for women with your host, Nicola Lucy. Welcome to this episode of the Feminine Principle Podcast, where today we are exploring the shadow side of money and wealth. And so we all have a relationship with money. That relationship with money can either be very unhealthy or it can be extremely healthy. It all really depends on how we have learned about A, our money story, and B, about the value of money, and C, how to work with money. However, money, like sex and death, is one of the greatest taboos of our society and culture. Our value and our self-worth is so wrapped up and defined by the numbers that we have in our bank account. And if we have a lot, then we feel that we are a success. We feel that we have achieved what we need to achieve. But then there can also be that need to want more. And if we don't have any money, we feel that we are less than, we are not good enough, we're not worth it. And so we can explore how money is something very hidden. We don't talk about money very often. Yes, we talk about it in the sense of wanting more and needing more in order to buy the lifestyle that we want, in order to provide the things that we want for our families, for ourselves. But we don't really talk about money. We don't talk about how much money we have in the bank. And we can feel this energy all around us. For example, You know, we have all of these gurus saying to us now how much money they make by doing X, Y, and Z, and that you can have this too if you follow my five simple steps. But there is so much more to this. If we have an unhealthy relationship with money, and we don't really understand how money works because we've simply never been taught, then we can find that we will struggle even with the formula to make all of that money. And this is really buried in our unconscious. It's buried in our shadow. And so money, like sex and death, is such a complex topic. It has so many threads weaving in and out, not just from within this lifetime, but from our family's lifetime and from the generations that we've actually been born from. And one of the things that actually money is, is energy. However, that energy has been used throughout the generations to divide us, to separate us, both on an internal and an external level. We can think of ourselves as rich or poor, and even if we are rich and we've got so much money in the bank, we can still feel poor inside. Or we could be very poor, not have any money in the bank, but feel very rich in, in the self. And then, of course, the social class, depending on where we live and how we live. So if we live in a really rich neighborhood where everybody is driving um, the latest cars and they, um, we have the most designer clothes, etc., etc., then that elevates us somehow into being more, into having more money and more wealth. Or if we live on the other end of the scale in a, in a council house where we have to rely on everything that is secondhand, that can actually divide us on so many levels. And what this actually does is feed into 
our own value and our own self-worth. We can see ourselves as being extremely successful or being a complete failure. And in one way or another, this empowers us or it disempowers us. So all the time, these threads of money are creating this separation and this internal conflict within the self. And so the challenge is, is that we've all been conditioned by money, whether we are rich or poor, one way or another, by our money stories, by what is actually threaded through our shadow. We can live from a scarcity mindset, you know, deeply embedded in that poverty consciousness. And I've seen this over the years when I have been in the company of people that have a lot of money in the bank or a lot of property or a lot of wealth, where they can still feel that scarcity mindset. And therefore, they need more and more and more because what they're actually doing is trying to fill that hole that's inside of them. And then there's also the scarcity and poverty consciousness, that mindset which comes from never having money, never being um, feeling worthy enough and always wanting to move forward in our lives and build something and create something. But at the same time, we still feel scarcity. We still feel that poverty consciousness, no matter how much we accumulate or what we do. And then there's also that fear of losing our money or not having enough, all the time feeding into that scarcity mindset that we are not safe and secure and stable if we don't have X, Y, and Z in our bank account. And what this does is actually feed into our fundamental need to survive. This is the most basic need of what it is to be a human being. We need to survive. And therefore, money and wealth has been conditioned through us that we need money and we need wealth in order to survive. And if we don't have it, then we will literally crumble away. We won't have any choices. We won't be able to make the right choices for our children. And so this need, constant need to feed this machine of money and wealth all the time. And so this feeding of the machine is all in the external and therefore, it creates that internal conflict. And as we've gone through life, and especially in today's world, we see the greed of what money and wealth has brought. We see how corporate company culture, for example, and um, consumerism and capitalism, for example, have put profit over people and the planet, really using the resources of the planet to be able to fund their bigger bank balances, to be able to live in that 1%. And then that 1% have actually created all of that profit on the backs of the people, of the people that are at the bottom of the triangle of the hierarchical structure. However, you know, as human beings, we're actually feeding into the imbalance of that structure because in our ever-growing need for more, more comfort, more stuff, the latest technology, bigger houses, bigger cars. That's all money. That's all wealth that we are then, through our own need, feeding into that unhealthy system, that unhealthy structure. And then add to this, we also live in a debt economy. Banks getting richer and having more control over the people by lending money for those homes, for businesses, 
to actually fund our needs, our dreams and our desires. We see all the credit cards and the mortgages and the loans and the higher purchasing and the finance and we just keep consuming more and more with this debt. However, this debt gives us a false sense of our value. It gives us a false sense of our self-worth because we're just accumulating on the outside without really recognizing why we're accumulating in the first place. And what that does then is create an illusion of being stable, safe, and secure. For as long as we have access to all of this debt or access to the, the finance, then as long as we can pay for it and we can pay it all back, then we're going to be okay. We are safe and we're stable and we're secure. However, to be able to keep feeding that machine, we have to keep performing and conforming to maintain that payback plan, to maintain that lifestyle that we have now become accustomed to. Even if inside we are feeling lost, unhappy, unfulfilled and disconnected, that doesn't matter because we now need to fill this outside hole of debt that we've created. We've created debt on the outside and therefore we've created this debt on the inside. And this just keeps feeding and feeding into this unbalanced system and structure that we currently live in. And we've seen how money and wealth, for example, have been used over and over again to divide and conquer us. The rich just keep getting richer on the backs of others. And different rules apply for those at the top than they do for the, at the bottom. And then as women, for example, through the generations, you know, we've been reliant on the men to provide and support us to provide us with a home, to provide us with comfort, food on the table. And in that sense, what, what generations of women did had to give away their power. They could not be financially independent because their livelihoods, their survival depended on the man. And we can see this not just if we are rich or if we're poor, it goes across the whole life, um, the whole um, paradigm of people, of human beings. And so as women, we carry this wounding and, and this trauma within our DNA. We carry it within our, within our systems. We carry it within our womb because this is the money story that we have been holding on to. And we see it even, you know, in, in divorce settlements. So, for example, when we're going through a divorce or we're going through a separation and there's children involved, you know, we often see that the man gets everything and the woman is left to support her family on her own. She has to go back to work full time and to be able to provide for that while the structure and the system allows the man to get off basically scot-free. And we see this over and over and over again. And so while gender equality is a hot topic, are we really equal in our money stories and our relationship with money and wealth? And so our relationship with money and wealth begins when we are young and it actually can go further back through the generations. Dynasties, for example, have been created and they've amassed huge wealth. And then with each generation that followed, all may have been lost, depleted or abused. 
And then we have generations of family who have lived in that scarcity mindset, never having enough, so not having the money or the wealth. And we've seen how those patterns have then repeated through the generations. And so no matter how much a person on, on a family line, for example, tries with all of their might to get out of that system, they find themselves being drawn back into it over and over again. And recognizing how money has actually been used to have power over us. It's been used to disempower us through emotional manipulation and blackmail that actually then feeds into that scarcity and fear and survival mindset. So that disempowerment, even though it's been happening on the surface over and over again, it's become so conditioned within us that we don't recognize that that disempowerment starts from within. We are actually disempowering ourselves to stay in those unconscious patterns. We're actually disempowering the, the self by not taking responsibility and changing our relationship with money and wealth from the inside out first. And so my money story does start from when I was younger. It does go way back, and I'll share a little bit more about that in a moment. But when I was younger, I grew up in what could be called a middle-class household. And I, that's how I, um, the first 11 years of my life was in a, a, a really nice house. You know, I was surrounded by my family. And, but then when I was 11, my mom and dad, they got divorced. And my father had remortgaged the house um, by forging my mother's signature. And he'd also um, purchased lots of um, electrical equipment and all different things on higher purchase using my mum's signature. And when it came to the divorce and this was revealed, you know, it, it had added to the heartbreak of my mum. And she wanted really just to sever ties with her husband, my father. And because of that, my father walked away scot-free. And we had to sell the house. And so all the, what money, the, the house had already been paid for, but what money was left, it had to go into providing for me and my mom. And the situation around that was that my mom had to then go back to work full-time nights. Um, she was a nurse in order to be able to provide for us. And that was my first separation from my mother. That was the first separation of my life completely changing because we had to sell the house in this beautiful middle-class neighborhood. And we went to live at the other side of the town in a council house. And so my whole social status, my whole world just collapsed, you know, within the space of a year. And it really changed me, it changed my identity. And then there was also a story within the family where an, um, a close member of the family would go to loan sharks um, every Christmas, go to loan sharks to borrow money. And then um, after Christmas, when the debt collectors came round and this person couldn't, uh, couldn't pay the debt, then she would take an overdose. And this pattern carried on over and over and over again because every year when this happened my mum would bail her out so this also informed my money story 
you know, that there's always somebody there to bail us out. It doesn't matter how much trouble we get into financially, there'll always be somebody there to bail us out. And this really created an identity for me, which I wasn't aware of growing up. And then when I went to university, suddenly I had loads of money. Um, I was working part-time, but I was given student loans. I was given credit cards. I was given overdrafts. I had more money than I'd ever known in my life. And, but because I hadn't been educated on money or the value of money, obviously, I got myself into trouble very, very quickly. Yes, I had a wardrobe of really nice clothes and nice shoes and everything else that money could buy, but I was in financial debt and I was in serious trouble. And I didn't face this trouble. I just kept ignoring over and over again the letters that kept coming through the door and hoping that it would solve itself and it didn't solve itself. And it was only until I got a graduate position in London that when the money started to come in and I started to face what mess I'd got myself into. And therefore I worked to pay off the debt along with putting a roof over my head and all the costs that are involved with living in London. But this taught me a really valuable lesson, is that I didn't like that feeling of being in debt. And I didn't like also being in a system where I had to constantly perform and conform in a corporate position, which completely drained my energy. It cut me off from who I was. It cut me off from my creativity. I really felt stuck in that system. And I kept asking myself, what is all this for? If I clear one debt, then obviously I'm going to move through the ranks. I'm going to go get promoted and I'm going to move through that structure and I'm going to accumulate more money and more wealth. And then I'm going to need to buy a house because that is how you were conditioned. You know, you go into that structure, you then buy a house. That's, that's a mortgage. That's debt. And I could really feel that weight of debt on my shoulders. And I, it really, I really struggled with it. And I decided at the end of three years that me and my partner couldn't carry on like this because I was burnt out. I was overweight. I was suffering from depression and anxiety. And my partner also got ill. And so as a result, we had to make a serious life choice. And we decided that we were going to move back to Italy. And this was a turning point for me because in that moment, I was choosing to have a quality of life over quantity. I was letting go of having that false sense of safety and security and stability through earning a regular income every single month to feed into that system. And this, this pivotal point in my life helped me to really get in touch with who I was on the inside but it didn't come with, with, it wasn't all flowers and roses. Suddenly having no access to debt and really living um, month by month, it taught me the value of money. But it also taught me that if I wanted to go down any creative endeavor or I wanted to build a business or something, that debt was no longer available to me because I was living outside of the system. I didn't have a credit score because I didn't have any debt which is absolutely absurd. You know, you would think that by having a clean credit history and not having debt would make you a better person. You know, you would, quant you would qualify more, 
when it does come time to ask for debt or to ask for a loan, but it doesn't, it means that you're outside of the system. And so this really started to change me over the years. And, you know, what I experienced through this is that when I started on the shamanic path, for example, money had always been an issue for me. Even though I'd chosen to live outside the system, I was still living in that debt economy within myself. And I started to look at those threads, you know, like where does my story come from with, my, with money and with wealth? And I unraveled curses, you know, going generations back. I healed and integrated the money wounds on my generational line. Looking back at how members of my ancestors, for example, they were working in the workhouses and the cotton mills of Lancashire. You know, the poorest of the poor. And, you know, in, the, in that um, environment, in those workhouses and the cotton mills, for example, it was slavery, it was Western slavery. And the dignity of those people had been stripped back and they were dehumanized. They were completely cut off from their own sense of value and self-worth. And so I really had to work through all of those threads. And then, of course, you know, working on the generational lines like this, I started to experience how wars and the changing of social and political structure, poor investments as well, was where wealth had been lost. So suddenly you'd worked so hard to accumulate wealth, and then suddenly with the flick of a switch, it was all gone. And we know that this can happen. You know, even just with COVID in these past couple of years, we've started to experience how something happens and our money and our wealth can suddenly disappear. Our jobs disappear and therefore, along with it, our sense of safety, security and stability. And so we can accumulate wealth on the outside, but do we really have wealth on the inside? And we can have so much money on the outside but really, do we really feel rich and worthy and of value on the inside? And so there are many aspects to this. Like, how do we navigate this? It's so complex. It's such a complex topic. And one of the things that I learned through this journey, and I'm still continue, continuing to learn to this day, is that money is an enigma. And because we've been conditioned to live in this debt economy, there has to be a polarity. And I think that this was one of my moments in myself where I had that light going on, because everything in the shadow is a polarity. We have one side of the coin, and therefore we should be able to experience the other side of the coin. And in this past week, um, because I'm now diving back into my, my own money story, I had the great pleasure of having a chat with Katrina Ellis and Katrina, she does a 90 day women's wellness course. And having this one-to-one -one with her, I really started to realize that I was so conditioned in that debt economy and I continuously felt this scarcity mindset within me that I wasn't able to experience that interest economy. I wasn't able to experience what it felt like to live fully in credit rather than debit. 
And so this was the other side of my own shadow that was hidden beneath the surface. And this one conversation really opened my understanding of money because I hadn't been educated around money. And therefore, money was always an enigma. Money was something that I would get in one hand and then it would just drain through my hand like sand. It was something I could never keep hold of. I could could never accumulate. It would never build. It would never grow. But the reason why I came to Katarina was that um, this year, um, so the feminine principle um, has been, you know, growing into what it is for the past seven years. It's actually become um, in credit and in a healthy, it has a healthy bank balance now. This is the first year. And I've had to grow it organically. But then what I was thinking about was that, okay, I'm able to grow my business now. I know what it feels like to have money and to have a healthy relationship with money. And I really like checking the figures. I really like looking at the figures. And I like looking at how that bank account grows because it, it really gives me a sense of satisfaction because I've done this. I've done this not just because of the work that I do. I've done this because I now value my own work. I value what I bring to the world. And that value not only changes women's lives, but it changes my life in the process. Because now uh, that I have a healthy bank balance, I have choices. And this makes all the difference in the world. And so having this conversation with Katrina really helped me just to see that, that other side, you know, that other side that was buried in my shadow and that I could now bring out in a healthy way. And also one thing I learned about this journey was radical honesty. You know, going back to university when I got myself into all of that debt, I didn't want to face it. I wasn't being honest with myself that that was my responsibility. I'd created and manifested that situation in my life. And I'd also created and manifested that situation moving right through my life of being outside of the structure, outside of the system. But when we learn how to be radically honest with the self, we can ask ourselves, what is our relationship with money? What is our true relationship with money? Do we hold a lot of shame around money? Are we dependent on others for money? Are we dependent on others for our survival? These can be really triggering questions to ask because it does mean that we're going to have to sit with the self and learn how to be very comfortable being uncomfortable. But that's what radical honesty is. We need to be radically honest with the self so that we can then start to take the necessary steps. And it's actually quite amazing because once we are honest with the self, we then are able to be honest with other people. We're able to open up that conversation and that dialogue from a different place completely. The second thing we can do to navigate our wealth and money story is to recognize the emotional triggers. And so when we think about wealth or money, what gets triggered inside? Is it something dirty? Is it something shameful? Do we look at our bank balance and do we feel like a failure or do we feel like a success? Do we feel helpless or hopeless or do we feel depressed and full of anxiety? And so these emotional triggers will always lead us back to the root of our money stories. 
And so by just being present with those triggers around our money and our wealth can help us to open up that spectrum. So just like me opening up the spectrum now of my potential into an interest economy, we can go backwards and look at everything that is keeping us from actually living in that interest economy. What is it that's been holding us back? What are those feelings that are so uncomfortable to feel? What is it that we need to be present with? What are those emotions teaching us about ourselves? And then another way we can navigate our money story is to really know our needs. And so living outside of the structure and outside of the system and then sharing with you in a couple of episodes back, you know, about being on the road, being nomadic, you know, this really taught me that my needs are very, very simple. I need, yes, a roof over my head. I need clothes to wear, but I don't need luxury goods. I don't need to be spending money on everything on the outside to give me a sense of fulfillment on the inside. I don't need to fill a house with furniture and stuff just to, because it makes me feel good, because I feel good on the inside. And I actually quite like living in a minimalistic lifestyle. But when we really get honest again with our needs, we can actually find that we're actually filling, we're spending our money on lots of things that we actually don't really need. We're actually buying those things to fill that hole. And so again, when we learn what our needs are, what are our most basic fundamental needs, it completely changes the spectrum of our lives and our relationships. Because then we can come into value with our needs. We recognize what needs, what of our needs need to be valued and which needs are not valued. And then this can create that understanding of where we've come in and out of balance with our needs. And then we can really start to put steps in place to have a healthier relationship with our needs, which are not feeding or draining our bank account on a regular basis for stuff that we really don't need. And so the last thing is taking responsibility. You know, if, any, if money is energy, it's an energy that we need to take responsibility for. It's in our power and our potential to take responsibility for our money and our wealth because that's our energy. If we want to have choices and we want to, you know, travel or we want to go on this holiday or we want to have, you know, this car or we want to buy whatever it is that we need, then we need to take responsibility and look at how we are going to fund that. And whether we are funding it from debt, which then places pressure on us to pay it back with interest, or whether we can find other creative ways to make that money. And the more in which we learn the basics of money, so taking responsibility and learning the basics of money, which is what I'm doing now with Katrina, it's helping me to understand that no matter how uncomfortable I feel, I'm stepping into my power. I'm stepping into my potential and learning something finally that has been an enigma to me. It's been that um, invisible figure that just does not exist, and yet it does exist. And so taking responsibility in this way can really help us to open up to our power and our potential. 
And so just like me in this past year, as the feminine principle, you know, has a very healthy bank balance, it's starting to make me feel like, oh, now I, now I have choices. I have choices, not because I've gone to the bank and I've asked for a loan, but because I've grown this organically and it's taken blood, sweat and tears and all manner of moments when I've just wanted to give up and go back into the corporate world because it was easy for me to do that. And so really recognizing that I've taken responsibility for my own money story and I still continue to take responsibility for it now by learning about money. Learning about money from a healthy place, not from the shadow side of money and how money has been used and abused to divide and conquer us, but how it can be used for good. How we can take money and then spend it not only on nurturing our families, our friends, our relationships, ourselves, but it can also then be used to support and help other people to realize their own potential in a way which doesn't fill them with shame or that they are asking for a handout, but a way in which we can support each other in a completely different way. And this is something that we now need in today's society because we are shifting paradigms. We need to look for healthy ways to support each other without thinking that money is shameful. And therefore, if I ask for money, it's not I'm asking for money as a handout. I'm looking for somebody to help empower me so that I can support myself in a new way and I can support others. And I really invite you to look at your own money stories. Where are you not being radically honest with yourself regarding your money and your life? What are your emotional triggers around money? And what are your needs? Where, you, where are you spending money unnecessarily to fill a hole that is coming from the inside and not from the outside? Are you ready to break free from the ghosts of your past, to live with more freedom and a clear sense of purpose and inner confidence? If so, book a chat with me to explore the potent magic of one-to-one -one shadow walking sessions at thefeminineprinciple.com.